Jin Dobrejechi, it's the Flurza Experience, a show about Gwent, but so much more. Uh, I'm joined by the Boston Cream Bandit, Pavel Burja. Um, well, running hello out of, there. Running out of donut-related. What, what is what is Boston Cream? So Boston Cream is a donut. It's like um, it's it, it's like a standard, you know, kind of I don't call it vanilla donut, but doughy style donut. Inside mm -hmm. of it, it's it's stuffed with custard. And it's mm. dipped in, like, the top of it is kind of glazed with, like, a chocolate glaze. Or you can oh. get, like, here in Canada, we have, sometimes we have a, a maple glazed. That um, just sounds too good to be true. Yeah, Boston Cream Donuts. Like, they're they're very, like, if they're, I don't want to say a tier list, but, like, they're, like, the OG. Like, they're, like, the original six. Like, if, if, if you're a hockey fan, there's the original six, which were, like, the first six NHL teams that were, like, <laughs> ever created, like... Um, but th if there was like an OG kind of origin story of donuts, Boston cream, I think makes the cut for like, OG. similar to Ponchki, I see from, from, because it's not, uh, it's not donut shape. It's more Ponchki. It's more, yeah. it doesn't have a hole in the middle No, and it's stuffed inside. Nice. I see it. There you yeah. Go. So creamy with, oh yeah, with chocolate on top. Mm, That's kind of like you, you're, you know, you got your nice presentation outside creamy center, you know, delicious, Aww. awesome human being. Um, Dude, straight into the fields, man. I do my best. So yeah, hello, hello, Flake. Hello, everybody. Episode twelve. Episode twelve. Uh, one and two. Moving on up. Moving <laughs> on up. Just like me and Gwent. Ha ha ha. I saw <laughs> you're at number rank number three now. Look at you. Yes. Yes. Trying to get to two, but now it's it's the the climb has uh, become harder. Are you playing only on stream, or are you playing like? in your spare time like funny no thing because when i play on stream i actually climb when i play off stream i i normally don't climb i think it's because i'm trying to focus on playing the game and working at the same time uh. and it's not really working out but when i'm streaming i'm focusing plus chat is sometimes helping out thank you chat um and thanks to that you know everything's going better that's good and, may and maybe the pressure the pressure of people watching is kind of like i need to think about your place yeah, it's you're no longer just tossing stuff out there. I I would suspect it was the difference. Like I, typically when I when I would try to climb off stream, it's a completely different experience because I I have all my focus. I have nobody that's kind of either trying to backseat or yeah. I'm always yeah. open to suggestions, but some people just like to just name the plays to make, and I'm like, dude, if you want to play, then play. <laughs> like <laughs> like what am I? Like I'm not your avatar. Like let's go. Um, but yeah, I mean number th like rank three, so three to zero in my estimation like the way that i explain it i tell people like don't feel bad that you're having trouble going from rank three to zero because in reality rank three to zero is in my opinion the hardest climb yeah. it is the most grinding and gruesome because you'd no longer have uh people changing up decks to get their four faction mmrs it's just whatever the best deck is i'm gonna get there so i can get to pro rank and then we can open things up so it's the most homogenized it's the most um, it's the most repetitive from z three to zero. It's, it's in my opinion, three to zero is the absolute. It's it's much more difficult and grindy than pro rank by far. Yeah, yeah it gets on your nerves for sure. Got on my nerves today. Somebody played freaking triple Keltulis on me. I I I just wanted to go to that person and and smack him. Like smack him. Why are you playing triple Keltulis on me? Oh, Jesus Christ! Give that. Give my regards to that person because that is a that's a spicy meatball, and you gotta you gotta yeah. love it. But um, it's a good meme. It's a good meme. That's it. It's like let me guess. It was like a raucous queen and a whole bunch of stuff. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's great. I did that with Maddox and just pissing out like five or six. I also Maddox. played against a triple Maddox today. I was like, 
back, I lost baby. by like two points. I was like, oh my god, I <laughs> it's back, baby. I mean, with yeah. so many dwarves stacking armor and stuff like that, yeah. like you need disruption and a, and that kind of effects to to peel away armor and stuff. I started jamming surrender in my list, and people are like, why are you running surrender? I saw like, it in your dwarf list. It's yeah. super good. It's great. It's super good. It's so great. So, somebody plays Sultan's Companion and you just see ya. Yeah. There's adios. your companion. It's out. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Good stuff. See you next week. No problem. Um, so this is episode number 12. And uh, I figured if we did number 11, and I spoke to you about Saku Koivu last week. I'm going to talk to you about another Montreal Canadian. And that is Ooh. number 12, worn by the Hall of Famer and I believe 10-time Stanley Cup winner. 10. Whoa. 10. Yvon Colnoyer, who is a right winger and Hall of Famer. Uh, I believe it's 10. Um, he was part of that dynasty. At one point, you guys want to talk about like the greatest sports teams of all time. There was a, a period of like 10 or 20 years where the Canadians won like every second championship. They think they won like four or five straight. Like they were the true dynasty. They've got the 24 world championships to their name. Uh -huh. like, they are. They are. Incredible. Oh, my God. Ugh. All right, let's let's let me find Whenever out. Whenever I hear Hall of Famer, I'm like, this this needs to be this is this is the real deal, the real deal. Dude, he's still alive. I I'm I didn't know this. I'm very happy to hear <laughs> that. Uh, I, I'm I'm so I'm so sorry. Chilling on retirement. Um, I think it's I think it's ten Stanley Cups. I'm I I gotta double check. Incredible. Anyway, anyways, um, so yeah, that's that's basically number twelve. We've made it. Nice. So. This week's topics, what are we going to talk about? So we're going to talk about marketing in Gwent because um, there was a question about it, I think, last week uh, or maybe a couple of weeks before that. Um, a hot topic always, and of course, uh, a topic that is kind of tied into it, apparently, based on uh, what the community is saying. Why isn't Gwent more popular? Let's talk about that. Um, so yeah, those, those, those two topics, I think, um, will be happening today. Plus, then we will move on to the mailbag and answer your questions, as always, as we do every week. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. But before that, you know what I want to hear? A little something called the Dagon Rumor Report. And we do have merch regarding yes. the Dagon Rumor Report. So Yes, yes. So the famous Dagon Rumor Report. You all now listening and watching can become... A Dagon rumor reporter. Um, yeah, I think. Do, should we talk about it now? Or should we talk about it in between the segments? How, how do you feel? Like, do do we want to give some suspense and kind of like? Well, I mean, we'll we'll tease it. We'll 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 drop the breadcrumbs now. But uh, after the main segment, before the mailbag, you'll see what we mean about the Dagon rumor reporter. I mean, if you follow yes. us on Twitter, you probably already seen it or know. Yeah. But, but still, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it later. Okay, so regarding Dagon, of course, because that's what most of you watching and listening came here for. So contacts within the HUD crime syndicate, so you know, Jabba the HUD and the rest of them, on Tatooine have yielded some very curious information. A former pod racer overhead, one of the pilots uh, at the Boonta Eve Classic, speak about a certain foggy entity having confided with the secretive Bumar Monk Society are vowed to silence because they have no mouths. We can only speculate on the chances of Dagon returning. However, our initial estimates cross-reference with the Bothan spy network suggests that the probability is around 0%. Ah, uh, yes. I went back to Star Wars on this one and I, I, I gave Beautiful. it a little... I gave it... So, yeah, there's the Hut Crime Syndicate, of which you know Jabba the Hut, obviously, yeah. but did you know that there's also 
in in the Phantom Menace at the pod race, which was the Boonta Eve Classic, which was the pod race that Anakin mm-hmm. play uh, raced in, where he won yeah. his freedom. The the overlooking hut is not Jabba; it's Gardula mm-hmm. the Hut. Uh, who I know is, they're a whole family. Yes, because who I believe mm-hmm. is Jabba's like sister or cousin. I forgot one of the two. But damn, oh, she okay. she's beautiful. She is beautiful. Yeah, she's uh, a ten. And the Bobar uh, monks are uh, a religious sect of brains within some sort of jar that huh. are that operate as kind of like it's like a society that I since I think just just uh, removes itself from its body and exists. So they're like. A brain in like some sort of jar thing that walks around in like with like spider legs, like a mechanical spider legs. If you look up Bomar Monk, in st- they they actually uh, showed Damn. them in the new in the new um, Boba Fett series. You'll see them briefly. Which, oh, nice! I actually, know. actually, Boba Fett was always my favorite. And when I watched like The Empire Strikes Back, like I don't know how many times. When I was a kid, I started reading the books, kind of what happened to him after him falling to the Scarlack and stuff like that. Um, and then I also learned that, yeah, actually, that the Huts have a whole, they have the whole crime syndicate. And I think it was also um, present in the Clone Wars, the animated ones, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they kind of dive into into those things. Um, so yeah, I still haven't watched Boba Fett because Disney Plus is coming in June or July to Poland finally. Um, so I'm gonna catch up on Mandalorian and, and Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett. Oh, Mandalorian, so good. Um, all right, way back machine time. We got a lot to dig into this episode beyond the marketing, but uh, in 2019, my friend, there was uh, for a limited time, premium kegs were on sale for four thousand scrapperoony doonies, and Doom. this actually ties into a question from the mailbag. So I'll just I'll just drop this in right now. From Savage Poetry saying, will we ever get a converter of some sort where we can exchange useless scraps for meteorites? So this kind of, this has happened in the past. And I know that over the course of a year or two, I have been very vocal amidst um, the developers that there should be some sort of resource sink out there to a degree. I don't know to what, I think we've even discussed it, you and I, or yeah. uh, but this, it happened in 2019 where for 4,000 scraps, you can get one premium keg. Um, and I am definitely an advocate for bringing something back to this degree, whether it's uh, a special event that you can pay scraps to get into. But as somebody who's sitting on like nearly half a million of these bad boys, um, <laughs> I'm just waiting for uh, something to just drop all my, my scraps into. Yeah. I mean, we, we had that as an event, but it kind of it didn't really work out because majority of the players, they already have the majority of the cards. Or they crafted them um, after the like the homecoming reset. So even like it wasn't a very successful thing. Like kegs got bought, but not to the amount that would actually make us super happy. So um, it was good and bad at the same time. So I don't think it really changed anything for us. Maybe some people kind of um, were incentivized to 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 get more premium kegs to just to get the premium versions of the cards. But I think in the end, if you're a card game player, I mean, you want the shinies, but they're like second thing. The most important thing is to have at least, you know, the whole uh, collection um, in standard form and kind of be able to like create multiple different decks for different factions and just to have the variety when you're playing on ladder. So, um, yeah, it wasn't too successful. But when it comes to tr- trying to find a sink for scraps and 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 or 
and uh, reward points. This is this is kind of something that we're trying to to fight with right now, and it's kind of like I think I mentioned this also in a previous episode. It's us and the live ops team going back and forth, back and forth, trying to find a way in order to actually you know think how we can get players to spend those things um, and create a sync for it. The next one was in 2019 as well, was uh, the wrapping up and the results of a leader challenge. We've spoken about leader challenges and the ups and downs of what they are and how effective they were and, you know, uh, but do you want to guess who won the leader challenge back in 2019? No, Scoyatel, of course. It was Scoyatel. I don't remember what leader particularly in 2019. Dana. Uh, It was Dana. Yeah. Harmony and all that stuff, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think Harmony back then was absolutely dominant. Yes, incredibly dominant. And I know a lot of people are like, why is Harmony so bad? Well, Harmony was so good once upon a time. <laughs> so these things happen, you know? And uh, what that are you going to do? Was crazy good. Crazy good at that time. But yeah, um, wasn't a surprise at that time because. Yeah, Harmony was I think it was it was fairly fairly new when it was introduced at the time. So it was it was super crazy. Um yeah, I still I still remember the dryads that, you know, when they were they were jumping and, and buffing stuff. That actually still works. I've been playing a weird deck with Golden Necker that has that and it's it's a lot of fun. Well the Harmony I think at the time was also there was a, an aspect I think where people also would pair it up with the leader ability, like the Francesca leader ability, which was play play a special card from your graveyard. So you'd play uh, Water of Broccolon to drop two mm-hmm. engines, and then you'd immediately use your leader ability to drop two more. So it was almost like a, you needed to, how did you beat four engines in one turn? You just couldn't. Yeah. So it, it got way out of hand for a lot of, uh, <sighs> a lot of people. Good times. Oh, I know, good times. <laughs> I know. Imagine the, I mean, let's just go back to reddit in 2019 and just see how people were probably complaining about that yeah, they were there there were heated discussions to say the least yeah heated is a good word um yeah 2018 also was uh, this week in 2018 was a big one a Oof. huge one Oof. uh this was the announcement of homecoming and everything oh that my. was to be expected now keep in mind all you true believers out there who were playing at the time uh, you saw this announcement, and it was not. It was good news, but bad news at the same time because uh-huh. it was basically this double-edged sword of we're gonna give you a whole lot of cool stuff, but until then you're getting nothing, and it's gonna take about six months or so. So there yeah. was there was this hopefulness, but this skepticism as well. And in the meantime, there was this dark period. It was almost as if like you know, like like the meteor hits the planet and that big cloud of ash and smoke creates this ice age and you're just waiting for everything to thaw and come back to life and that's kind of where we were at during that summer of Uh 2018 yeah yeah uh homecoming always uh controversial topic Uh, (laughs) but it doesn't something that because it was a good thing like ultimately here we are and the game is still going you know however what four years later because of homecoming and that's what i think a lot of people need to understand is that if homecoming didn't occur we would not have this podcast. We would not have everything that we have with the game because that's I, true. I, it probably wouldn't have survived through 2020. That's true. But they, uh, then you have a lot of naysayers saying that, you know, the game was better before Homecoming, while there are some people that feel like the game is better now. And it's kind of an ongoing back and forth, like maybe it was better then, maybe it's better now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, it's like, um, it's like, two-edged sword i would say but also i i just remember the time 
when we announced it and being radio silent for six months was just terrible because I felt like, you know, there was stuff happening, we're working on stuff, but there was nothing that we could show just yet. So from a person that works in communication, not communicating for half a year is kind of like, hmm, this sucks. So I was, I I was, you know, it was, it was kind of like a six month vacation, you could say for me, but just prepping stuff for when we, when we go live, but there were so many changes and so many back and forth that real communication started like, you know, last month before the launch, like is where we kind of started ramping stuff up and could talk about, you know, what players can expect, but we like, we, we held them to the last, last moment because as you know, people were like, you know, a month passed, they were like, what's the progress? I want to know, like, what's happening? Is the game coming back even? Like, there were a lot of, you know, there's there always, premium like, these... tokens. <laughs> there's a lot of, like, doomsayers, like, they aren't going to come back, you know, they're going offline and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, it's, that's why it's kind of, like, it's bittersweet. Plus, I had, like, a lot of personal stuff happening at that time, which was terrible. Um, so, yeah, well, all in all, there was kind of a lot of things kind of being dumped on you at the same time. So, not the bestest of times. But, uh, yeah, we survived somehow, and I feel like we're thriving now. Yeah, yeah. darkest before the dawn, and that was probably the darkest. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's kind of like saying, all right, right after this gigantic, awful storm, uh, there's going to be some sunshine. But in the meantime... Yeah, board up the windows because it's going to get ugly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so marketing in Gwent. And this is a hot topic because this usually pops up every now and then. And oftentimes it's more of a curiosity out of the community's mind uh, wherein people want to know why isn't Gwent as popular as everything else? There's the fans of this game who, in my opinion, rightfully suggest that this game is like up there with every other major card game now obviously the titans of the industry the magics of the world the hearthstones the legends of runeterra that have such you know colossal followings and flesh and blood now also in the same vein why is gwent such a fringe uh entity why is it the the sort of taboo option when it comes to playing card games why isn't it as popular as everything else and that's kind of what we want to dig into here because i have my own um, thoughts and reasonings to it as well, but obviously you being on that side of the fence, you know, within CDPR, I'm sure that you can either corroborate what I'm saying or or refute it, and that's that's kind of where we're at. So uh, I I'd like to start if that's okay with you. Go. Okay. Uh, happy. I can I can jump off of yours and then say say mine. <laughs> okay. So the reason why I feel Gwent is nowhere near as popular be it on twitch numbers be it on uh look player base i i'm not sure honestly i i don't know the numbers in terms of the player base all i know is that when i want to get a game i queue into a game and there's plenty of people and on any competitive season there's typically tens and tens of thousands of people who end up in pro rank like I, am i wrong mm -hmm. about that like i don't think that that's incorrect i think that that is incredibly healthy and i think that that's very good but popularity and health of the game are are different and uh -huh. here's here's my uh, multifaceted and uh, you know suggestion or not a suggestion uh, opinion about why Gwent is nowhere near as popular as the other games. Um, the first part is that Gwent as a as a game has a completely different and foreign rule set and win condition than other games have. Other games, if you take 
the majority of other card games that exist out there, there is a life total and there is an objective to bring their life total to zero. Gwent doesn't have that. There's no life total. Uh, when people talk about aggro, you know, oh, it's an aggro deck. It's a mid-range deck. That means nothing in Gwent. No offense, yeah. and I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but there's no aggro in Gwent, and there's no mid-range in Gwent. <laughs> it, that, 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 those are terminology used for, for uh, other card games. There's control in Gwent. There's swarm mm -hmm. in Gwent. I think swarm mm -hmm. and point slam might be the most uh, aggro-y <laughs> slash mid-range-y, sure. That, that I can see. But in terms of what aggro slash... So those, those concepts don't exist. So there's no cross-market appeal to somebody who's a quote-unquote mono-red aggro player. There's no, uh, you know, to a, uh, a, a ramp-style player from Magic who's like, oh, I play, I play green in Magic, so I'm, I'm a mana ramp-style player. So that automatically, I know what I'm doing when I pick up Hearthstone and play Druid, because Druid's uh -huh. a, ramp, a, a ramp faction. But there's none of that in, in Gwent. So the appeal of the rule set the win conditions, the way the game is played, the no mana system, it's very foreign and incredibly different. And that is is that it factors in two ways. It factors in because there's there's no immediate appeal to people who already can look at the game and understand the basic rules. Cause for myself, when I picked up, let's say, the Elder Scrolls Legends or Shadowverse or whatever, just to see what these games were like, I picked up the cards and knew immediately the how to play and basic rule sets. When I picked up Gwent, it was a painful experience to understand and learn the game to be good at it. So that appeal, there's a much bigger barrier of entry for existing card players, whereas a card player can pick up Flesh and Blood and say, all right, I know the, 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 the basic strategies, and I can mm -hmm. apply previous experience to become a better player. You can't do that in Gwent. So it's a much yep. more difficult uphill climb to be a decent and uh, Gwent player. The other thing is that, honestly... I don't think CDPR gives two Fs about wanting to compete with these card games. You could you could prove me wrong here, or you could t tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think Gwent cares about wanting to be up there with the other card. Should it? Maybe, but I think that Gwent is very fine being the 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 other option, being the the different kind of you know uh, card game in the field with the different rule set. I think that it's different enough that it doesn't necessarily need to market itself in order to stand out because it stands out on its own. People already know that they can go from Magic to Runeterra to Hearthstone to Mythgard to whatever, and they'll get more or less the same flavor that they know. So those games need to compete amidst each other because they're living in the same space. Gwent is, is kind of like your next door neighbor where, you know... it. it you can go and you know if you if you're if you're sick of the stuff that's going on you know if you're sick of the movie selection on your shelf or that you've seen everything on Netflix <laughs> maybe you go and hang out with your neighbor which you might not typically do like that's kind of what it is it's it's a very different option and I think that it's perfectly fine and CDPR is perfectly fine in saying like well I we're fine being the different one because where our appeal lies in the fact that people know we're different. Oof. Like nice. does does that does that make sense? Like I I genuinely believe that CDPR and again this might come off harsh or rash, but I feel that CDPR is like no we're we're the Witcher we're Cyberpunk and Gwent is kind of like a throw in and I know that might sound bad or detrimental, but I mean prove me wrong here that Gwent out of all three of those games has the least amount of of resources disposal at its disposal and you could probably 
say yes or no or whatever. But in that regard, there's no re- like if if the resources are already limited, there's no reason to toss money at a marketing campaign that's gonna that's gonna what tell people what they already know that Gwent's a different game with it, it, with a different rule set. Like I don't think it's really gonna help it in any way. Yeah, um, let's let, let's rewind a little bit and, and and go back to 2016 when we announced the game on the Xbox stage. Um, we had this crazy campaign for launch. Uh, we had um, people dressed up as cosplayers walking around LA. Um, it's, it's this it's this very very first trailer that was ever done for Gwent, and um, it's one that. I wish I could forget because um, I don't feel like it like it's stood the test of time. So they're pretty much walking around LA like like throwing cards while they are in in real life dressed up as Geralt, Yennefer, Siri, blah blah blah. And um, it was a big campaign. We also painted uh, for E3 the Figurola um, hotel with uh, a key visual featuring these cosplayers like playing Gwent on a table and. It was a big, um, you know, it was a big jump into marketing for the game. Um, normally how, like, normally these type of big marketing pushes and campaigns are done for AAA titles, not for card games. Card games try, try to always kind of go a little bit lower key. Plus, I feel like they're, um, like you mentioned, the major players are already established on the market and we're coming in fresh uh, based off of uh, the popularity of the witcher 3 wild hunt so on the back of the success of the witcher 3 and uh, yeah we came in hot i remember if i if you remember like how we did um challengers and how we did is esports we rented whole freaking castles and stuff like that just to just 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 for the sake of it and 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 um and yeah, we were doing a lot of marketing at the time. There were a lot of ads posted everywhere. And um, the problem is that you don't really see a lot of return on your investment in this case, because um, I feel like what Flake kind of mentioned is, is, is something that ties into Gwent overall, is that the game is so unique in terms of gameplay and different that I feel like the entry point to it is quite uh, steep. Plus, um, with all the changes that we were doing and going back and forth, back and forth, the game has changed multiple times and we had players either stay, players go because they, they, they didn't want to relearn the game um, because everything changed so rapidly. Um, like, I, I mean, if you look at our whole history, like we used to have silver cards. We never had provisions back in the day. There were different limits in terms of cards that you could have. There were gold, silvers, and bronzes. I mean, the game changed in such a way that, you know, this constant change was kind of causing players to either abandon it or, um, you know, or, or they stayed and they retried it. But I feel like we developed a community around it. And then we were, we were thinking about doing additional ads. We were kind of looking into how much is being spent on ads versus what are we getting from it? Like, are we seeing peaks of players? Not really. Like you might see a spike in player base after a successful marketing campaign, 
but that goes up and then it goes down and you know it's not some it's not sustainable it's not some these players like they will come in they will try it they will play it to some extent and then they will like disappear of course um with the best spikes that we saw were ones which were very natural so natural spikes in the game's um history where we had this like big player base coming from Hearthstone because they were unhappy of the economy in the game. Mm -hmm. And they heard that Gwent's economy is really, really generous because it has been always. And that's when we see like big player like Exodus, like them moving, moving, you know, to um to Gwent. And it was awesome. And we also saw some content creator streamers. Uh, that was the time where Super JJ Life Coach came over. And those were things that, and, and that, that wasn't a marketing pusher on our side. They naturally gravitated towards the game. And it's also something that you will see in card games in general, I feel like. Of course, you can, you know, pay content creators to create content for your game, try it for a week, and you invest money on that just to increase visibility. But I feel like it's always not very genuine from from this point that you know that that person will play it for a week or a couple of days it's having like sponsored I'm playing this and then they will move on to whatever they play on a daily basis because that's where they get their viewers that's where they get you know their income from so it's very it's it's I feel like you need to be building a player base more organically in a way that you're, you know, you're doing content drops, you're doing balance, you're doing multiple things for the game, making it grow, making it better, making it established on the market without throwing cash on marketing because it doesn't give you any return on investment. That's the, that's the biggest problem. Of course, it makes sense uh in triple a titles because it's selling you copies here we're not selling copies we th this is a free-to-play game this is a multiplayer free-to-play free game people will try it they will like it or they won't like it they will stick with it or they will move on to something else yeah I feel as like, card games mm -hmm. no i was gonna say i feel like the roi the return on investment on these is for for card games is so much more difficult because yeah the roi is so much easier when it's like you said like okay we made this marketing campaign and it resulted in X amount of extra sales of The Witcher 3 or, or of Cyberpunk or The Witcher 4 pre-sales or whatever. In this, it's downloads is the initial walkthrough, but that doesn't return you any money. The download yeah. is nothing. It's just there's this extra layer, this extra step to push the player to not just buy the game, but you need to have them play it, enjoy yeah. it, and then toss money at it and that money that uh -huh. they toss at it is not going to be on the same level of paying x amount of dollars for just have access to the game in general so i feel like marketing these games marketing card games is always a more uh, it's a bigger struggle because there's so much more that a player needs to do for you to actually attain a, a, a decent roi yeah yeah it's a it's a it's it's very difficult to to gauge this in a in a proper manner right um and like you can of course you can be trying to um get players from other ccgs like you have you, i mean when it comes to ads uh as many of you probably know or don't know like you can kind of think about how you target them and to which audience it's it's going 
Um, I also feel like, you know, it's it's very hard to market a CCG to an RPG fan um, because these are these are two different type of like uh, game enjoyers. Let's say, yeah. Um, one is gonna choose RPGs because that they're they're there for the story, um, and a CCG player will play multiple CCGs um, and have one as their favorite or two as their favorite or maybe all, all three or even four as their favorite and uh, jump between them depending on uh what they want to play you know at a, at a given moment and i feel like you know these are these are totally these are very hard to to define and i also feel like if you're a ccg player you most likely have you are so consumed within the card game that you're playing it's very unlikely for you to try something like you you might try it but i feel like you will bounce off of it and go back to you know your card game of choice in this case so I feel like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, people always give us this 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 number one thing. Like, oh my God, this game is so good. I'm in love with it. Why doesn't CDPR do more, do, do more marketing for it? Like, how would you envision us doing marketing for it? Like, just doing ads? Like, we can do ads, but is it going to bring us more players? Is it, are more people going to actually, you know, discover and like say, like, oh my God, this game is so good? Actually, what you are doing, this person saying that the game is so good on Reddit, on Discord, on social media and stuff like that is bringing it more uh, like, you know, more eyeballs are actually churning from because you're talking to the crowd, which is already there developed in that part of the community. Right. So you're talking directly to the people who are interested in it. And I mean, I could go outside and say like, "Hey, you want to play? You want to play Gwen?" And people be like, "What's Gwen? It's a card game." Yeah, I don't play card games, <laughs> you know. So it's like that's that's how I feel about ads. Like, I, um, it's very hard to hit the nail on the coffin and get something something good off of this. My my um, what I've learned from this is that the best, at least in the past few years, the most the most um you know, eyeballs that have ever been on Gwent have usually come off the back of another card game massively screwing up to some degree. Be it um, be it an, uh, an economy decision that they make, be it uh, some sort of, you know, change in plans or a change to uh -huh. the competitive scene. I don't know how many times, as soon as some other game makes a mistake or does something bad, the amount of Reddit threads that will be like, just came from XYZ game, how is Gwent? in terms of, in, you know, in relation to this topic that the other game messed up. You know, be it economy, yeah. it's like, oh, they just did this, and how's Gwent? I hear it's good. A lot of the marketing I see that is effective is off the backs of other games screwing up or the word of mouth, like you mentioned, of players that exist in this game. I don't know how many times um, other, like, I'm 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 lucky enough to be friends with a lot of casters from a lot of different games, from Runeterra and Magic to Card CCG, and all these other card games, TFT. Like, I'm I have good friendships with a lot of these people, and a lot of them hear about Gwent. They know that I'm from Gwent, but they've never dipped their toe in. But a lot of them ask me about it, and I I mm -hmm. talk it up a lot, and I always offer my time to to walk them through it, and but and that is to me where. The marketing is most effective is when yeah. you as a player can word of mouth can endorse it because you're like look i would not have invested five thousand gameplay hours into something that i didn't like 
And, you know, if for the, all of those out there are thinking, well, oh, he's a CDPR shill. I'm not a CDPR shill. I'm don't, I don't work <laughs> for CDPR. I mean, I'm an independent contractor that gets when, when a, you know, like, so this is, this is another misconception is that I don't work for CDPR. I'm not their employee. I get a contract in the mail that I sign and then I work for, and then it's gone. I have an NDA regarding new content, but beyond that, I can say whatever the hell I want. Now, it's at my own risk, because if I say something that they don't like, I might not get hired, but ultimately, it has nothing to do with that. So I, when I talk up Gwent and say that it's a great game, I mean it. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it because I'm on a payroll, because I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm merely honest about it, and I am honest to the degree that I feel like the best method of marketing is literally mm-hmm. telling a friend and showing them and taking the time to 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 explain yep. the game. Because everybody who I've spoken to uh, about this game, who plays other card games, the major hurdle is the fact that they it's a foreign concept in terms of what the win condition is. But beyond that, everybody I've showed it to, I spent. Many hours playing with That's Admirable in Nathan Zamora, major Hearthstone TFT caster, etc., like legend in the industry. I sat, I sat and we played because he wanted to learn it, and he was all about it. He was super into it. He thought it was a great game. Um, he had other things that he had to do, obviously. He's got stuff that, you know, but like he streamed it for many weeks because he really liked the game. But it was that initial hurdle of having somebody to sit there and walk you through because it's not... It's not the same rule set that is transferable with some minor tweaks and changes and modifications. No, it's like it's a whole other thing. Like you could eat a Macintosh apple and a Gala apple and you'll be like, all right, it tastes a little bit different, but I know it's a freaking apple. But if you take an apple and then show someone a pineapple, they'd be like, well, eh, the word apples in it, I should probably expect the same thing. It's like, well, no, you got to like, don't bite into it like an apple. Like there's, you know, it's a weird analogy, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it makes makes total sense, and 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 I think it's like word of mouth and actually talking to a card game player about a different card game and saying how cool it is actually goes you know goes a hot, like like goes a bigger way than trying to 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 market to like gen like general public right it's it's totally different and and yeah like tr- trying to explain it also I think I think with with the gameplay that you have within Gwent, it's it's so different. Like when it comes to the number of cards you have in hand, that there's no mana system, that you need to, like it, you need to win a best of three within the game itself. Like it's it's pretty much ranked mode plus the seasonals plus like casual, which nobody really plays, and and that's really it. Like there's no there's no standard, there's no modern, there's no legacy, there's no multiple formats. Right? It's very of course standard rotation. Like uh, already kind of waiting for for that to to the kind of uh appear put a smile on his face but yeah um it is it is such a different game and different beast to kind of get into that i mean you have to explain it to someone or uh if someone is interested in the game like i have a very good example of a like i worked with video editors who wanted to learn gwent in order to create gameplay for the trailers that we were creating. And one of the guys that joined the company, the first thing he did is he went on YouTube, watched what the content creators were saying about Gwent, watched their you know tutorials and stuff like that. And from that, he learned how to play the game so well that he got to pro rank. Nice. And then he defeated everybody in um, in 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 a tournament that we had within you know the CDPR office. Nice. And that person still, you know, 
he currently is not working on Gwen per se, but is working on all our, let's say, global trailers and stuff like that. He still checks out Gwen content and still wants to know like what's happening within the meta because he liked the gameplay so much. And he can't, and this is a person that doesn't play CCGs. This is a person that only games he plays mostly are RPGs and stuff like that. But you need to yourself kind of like we're we're the, the good thing about Gwen is we have an internal great marketing system which consists of the community that we have around the game itself and the amount of people that you know are here are creating content and this content content is you know you can discover it very easily like the stuff that Thea is doing Shinmiri um you know Lionheart Spessy just to name a few um it's it's very easily discoverable on YouTube and I feel like you know, this is also a different topic that we can totally get into is that a lot of us right now, when we're thinking about doing anything that we do not have the skills for, is what we do. We go on YouTube and we see pretty much, you know, I don't know how to set up your stream, how to fix a, I don't know, a puncture in your tire and in, in, in your, in your bike, for example, like you have tutorials for all of that. You have tutorials for you know how to set up a camera how to set up whatever lighting whatever you want to do everything's out there and, and and it's discoverable and i feel like the biggest push is done by these content creators that we're lucky to have easy i'm, I'm going to give uh lionheart a little a little compliment sandwich here um because i'm glad that you mentioned lionheart because i adore lionheart with all my heart and soul um lionheart is currently hosting the witcher trivia show which you were on yeah, it is exceptional. It makes Gwent trivia look like a steaming bowl of elephant piss. Uh, it is that good. So go check it out. It's on the Gwentfinity channel. Uh, At least you didn't use hot garbage. Uh, I, I changed it up. I knew you were expecting hot garbage, but you like you like that one, steaming bowl of elephant piss. <laughs> um, so it's a nice one. I know. Um, however, this is this is the meat of this compliment sandwich. Um, uh, Lionheart, who has been putting out exceptional videos, just recently uh, saw his late one of his latest ones where he fell into that 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 mm, that shake my head, wave my finger at you, Lionheart trap of titling it. Is this the best deck in Gwent? Question mark. Oh, yes. oh, Lionheart, come on, man, you're better than that. That's you, how it works. I That's know what you're you better clicks. than that, Lionheart. Come on, you know the rule. The rule is if you ask a question. In a title, the answer is probably no. Now I know that I don't write the titles for these YouTube videos for our stuff, but I know I know why it happens. But it, the the overall question of is this the best deck in Gwent? Question mark. The answer is no. It might be the the deck that you're winning with today, but uh, I'm waiting for the follow up video, which is this deck the most overrated deck in Gwent? In Gwent? Question mark. And it's the same deck. Like, <laughs> I've seen it before. And to add extra bread to this compliment sandwich, uh, Lionheart being one of the most positive, fun, awesome, uh, great streamers out there, and um, him and I, we have uh, we have the council of mats, of which currently there are two members, myself and him, and uh, yeah, I don't know who else is going to be on the council of mats in the future, but Lionheart is one of the people whom I I just I, I love him, I I love speaking to him, I love what he does. And uh, he is one of those people where you want to just, you know, put all your chips on 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 Lionheart because he's a he's a awesome human being. 
Dude, uh, there's nothing more I can add. But yeah, like the, the content he creates and uh, the stuff that he's done on, how, you know, you, you think you know The Witcher uh, on the trivia show is just, it's just incredible. And he's he's also an awesome caster, a uh, great human being just to talk to, very humble, very nice. Um, is he I the mean, greatest I, Gwet personality ever, question mark? I don't know. I love everybody the same. But yeah, I see what you did there with the with the title. But yeah, I mean, I mean, those type of titles when it comes to card games, they get you they get you clicks. I'm sorry, sorry to say I know, so. I know, like, I know. You... Look, uh, trust me. It, yeah. It, I I completely get it because uh Mark Vias, who produces all of our videos here, uh, it, you know, he knows all this stuff. He knows yeah. all the ins and outs. He's done all the research. He's spoken to all the people in the industry to understand how like these algorithms work. I, I know the strategy and I am too much of a freaking <laughs> doofus caveman to adapt to these kinds of things. So I'm I am going to be the old man on the porch spraying my hose at someone like Lionheart, uh, who's walking by and waving and saying, Hello, Mr. Demako, and I'm like, get off my lawn, and I'm just spraying with the hose. <laughs> like, get out of here, you yeah, whippersnapper. No, come on, whatever gets some clicks and I whatever know, I know. makes his channel. But grow. the difference is, is that the actual content he's making is amazing, and like I it's wish, amazing, yeah. yeah, no, he is, he is uh, exceptional. So uh, I need to, I need to catch up on his, on uh, more of his guys, and actually become, become better with uh, get something pro. else than Squiretail. Get to pro. Get to pro rank with with Lionheart. Do you want me to like co-stream with you and do this? Like, I will get you there. We'll get there, buddy. Like you and I. I will get you. I to first want to. I first want to try myself, and if I get to a point where I, I I do not succeed, I will for sure. I I was thinking about this actually today. It will be like, hmm. Since you know, I'm I'm currently rank three, trying to get to rank zero, going back and forth, back and forth. Maybe it would be good to you know like piggyback uh, off of someone and kind of uh, you know get there get their help when it comes to but i feel like the more games i play and the more games i lose the more i'm actually learning based off of the things that okay when i'm playing against this again it's very easy to to to, to go against it like people complain about mill like i own, i play squatel exclusively i played three different squatel decks one is dwarves one the other one is um uh the 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 die ambush one and and i also play this weird movement one right now i never lost to mill never ever lost to mill it's like you just too old them and they don't know what's happening yeah <laughs> i will say this there's a lot of um i don't say complaints questions let's say on on reddit for this particular episode about mill um my response is always mill is trash mill has been trash for about four or five years now if you cannot beat mill that's not a mill problem. That's a you problem. You just do, <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, mill, mill will mill will will dunk on hyperthin. It will. That's just that's the reality of it. But right now we're in a meta where dwarves are very good. If mill is very rampant, play dwarves and laugh at them because yeah. you have so many play engines. Them, boost them and yeah. don't care. Yeah, and then go and two owe them. And all the stuff that they're probably yoinking out of your deck is not really going to factor in because there's very few key clutch single card win conditions in, in dwarves. It's this conglomeration of all of them helping each other. Um, ultimately, look, <laughs> mill is not a mill is not the problem. It's not you. It, it's sorry. It, if if I'm mill, I'm saying it's 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 not me. It's you. Like it's that's what it is. <laughs> it's definitely it's not the classic. You. Yeah. So uh, there we go. Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, regarding marketing before we go to the mailbag we got a pretty spicy mailbag this week 
Yeah, um, if you actually have a marketing degree and 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 like a degree, if you actually have a degree in marketing, um, yeah, feel free to 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 give opinions, pointers, and stuff like that. If you um, have no idea about it. Leave it to the people who know a little yeah. bit more about I'm it. I'm just waiting for the people to post like, we'll just do better marketing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Four yeah. years yeah. four years in university. Dude. That's the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. easy. Oh, uh, uh, what a, I should have thought of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, just right? win the game. Oh, oh, whoops. <laughs> just play better. Oh, just draw better. Oh, thank you, idiots. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually watching uh, Emil's uh, stream and someone asked her for like the, the best pointer and, 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 you know, to, to rank up in Gwent and she's like, just win. Everybody's oh. just like, yeah, just, oh, win. That's, just that's, win. Got it. But it's, it's, it's the fundamentals of any yeah. card game. Just win and you will level up and you will rank up and then, you know, it's easy. You go to Gwent open, just win and you win the whole thing. Dude, easy. I remember I was playing for a semi-competitive Overwatch team. And mm-hmm. I was like, I really, at the t- this was like four years ago, three, four years ago. I was really, really into Overwatch. And a buddy of mine, uh, who you might know, or the community might know offhand by the name of House. Mm-hmm. He's a, one of my closest friends, almost like a brother to me. I've known him since high school. Um, he is probably one of the best, like, FPS players that I've ever, I've ever played with. Um, he's so damn good at everything that, regarding it. And he was on a very high-level competitive Overwatch team. And he's like, if you really want to, he's like, we have like a quote unquote, like a farm team, like a, a minor league team. He's like, you could play in, in, with them. So I joined their team and I played and we were getting coaching from somebody. And the coaching advice that I would get would be like, oh, no, no, just shoot them in the head. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. Like <laughs> easy. Yeah. Like I'm here for strategy. I'm here for, you know, advice. Telling me to just play better is not advice so after practicing for like several hours i finally spoke up and i'm like do you have any advice on like any anything other than just shoot better like is that a is that like you know like i get it like i know that i know that that shooting them in the head is a better a better outcome than shooting them in the body it's it's (laughs) i get that but can you explain how to play this map effectively how to defend this choke point effectively can you explain what heroes counter this like i want the fundamentals and then after that, I just, I wrote them a letter. I said, hey, uh, I appreciate your time and whatever. Unfortunately, it's not working out. I learned nothing. <laughs> See you later. Goodbye. And that was it. I was like, it was, but that's, that was, it was literally a whole, a whole system of various ways to say, just get good. And I'm like, okay, yeah. thanks yeah. coach. Yeah, no problem. I mean, the more you play, the more you learn, right? Um, it's, 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 it kind of goes back to your saying that, you know, if you're, if you, I mean. You're not losing if you're learning? Exactly. Exactly. That that's pretty much like even if you lose, you you still take a lot of you know, like let's say good baggage, let's say from the game that you just played. Baggage. And uh you you're becoming better. So, all right. We got a mailbag, but, but 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 between now and the mailbag, we got something called 983shop.com because we Whoa. don't have a sponsor, so we're just doing it ourselves, okay? So, if you go to 983shop.com, 983shop.com and check out all the cool stuff. There's stuff from this podcast. There's stuff from other 983 media podcasts, Gwenfinity stuff. If you use the code 
Flurza5. Damn right. If you use the code Flurza5, you get five bucks off your order. You can become a Dagon Rumor Reporter. So there is a mug, there is a hoodie, and there is a t-shirt. Beautiful, beautiful colors. Super well made. This is premium stuff. This is premium stuff. Yeah, and if premium you order tokens, it, baby. Yeah, this is premium stuff. You wanted premium tokens, you can get a premium t-shirt. Easy. And uh, if you get this stuff, and if you order it today, I saw that ship because I actually checked it out today. Shipping will be happening uh, by the end of April, beginning of May. So get up on that before, you know, before it's gone. Um, I actually checked today. The, you know, the, the code FLIRZA5 is working. Everything's awesome. Five bucks off. And yeah, get all three things. Yeah, show it off. Take photos. Send us uh, photos of you wearing that stuff. I'm totally happy to see that. I'm trying to get Mark to make uh, some of the products to have Babcha Marisha's face and some of the words that she says, like on the back. I, I was, I want to get. I don't know if that'll ever sell, but <laughs> uh, if you guys have ideas of stuff that you want to see potentially from this show uh yeah but uh, you you too can be a dagon rumor reporter and when people yes. ask what the hell is dagon you say i got a zero percent chance of telling you what's up um uh, yeah. yeah all right exactly. 93shop.com support 93shop.com and show off all the goodness all right it's mailbag time let's do the transition All right, welcome back to the mailbag where we answer your questions submitted through Reddit and Twitter. And first up, we have the Yaa1423. As far as I'm concerned, it's not exactly the place for questions, but as they say, uh, it is what it is. How would you, how would look like, and is there a place for team tournaments in Gwent? Ooh, this would actually came in through youtube so this is a new yeah. a new outlet for people Ooh, to talk to us uh, i see team tournaments is something that occurs in various other card games team tournaments uh exist in magic uh team tournaments exist in like flesh and blood and other in other paper related games basically the concept of certain team tournaments are there's various different formats but the one that i played in and i, I actually uh entered a tournament with alias me and her husband it was a three three person team tournament where we got like I think we got 12 packs of a new set of cards or a new, mm -hmm. yeah, a new set of magic. We got 12 packs and what we needed to do is within those 12 packs, create three decks. Mm -hmm. And so, and then it's basically you play three games and uh, against another team of three. So you line up like boom, 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 all three of you against the other three. And it's, I think it was a best of one or mm -hmm. maybe it was a best of three, but it's like whatever team wins two or more games in that matchup gets the quote-unquote team win and then mm -hmm. you progress through the 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 swiss rounds like that and then there was a playoff and we ended up winning that tournament which was awesome nice um, i believe that team tournaments in gwent would be really cool in the regards of like all right this player is like here's the team this is the squatel player this is the so-and-so player and this is the whatever player like they each come in mm -hmm. with a faction each faction is three leaders and they play off against another team and the matchups occur and you have to win two out of three against that player using one of those three leaders. No bans, no nothing. It's just, that's kind of, I, I think that team tournaments would look amazing. I agree. Uh, I agree. We would just need to think 
how to format them within a tournament platform that it makes sense. Because I remember back back in the days uh, of old Gwen before uh, Homecoming, there were um, teams around Gwent which were creating these type of tournaments where you had um, different teams go against other teams, and and you know, and they were pretty much structured within and like this very like intricately done bracket um and and they would go against each other and the team with the most let's say winners would be the one on top and they would go to the semis and then to the to the finals um so i feel like it it is something that could be done but you we would really like like i think the the idea that flake just just kind of mentioned here um where you, you there are some limitations in terms of like the factions you can use and and the leaders within a faction would make it would make it like sensible and workable. So I, I love the idea. Question is if we can pitch it to Vlad somehow. Maybe we can. Maybe yeah, we can. Show him this video. Yes. Uh, next question. I hope from... he's watching. He oh, better he, be watching. He's always watching. He's the of course. he's the watcher. Um, <laughs> Andy Ursina asks, was Golden Necker always planned to be a golden statue? I thought it was a living creature. That's a fascinating question. I I honestly thought it was a living creature too. Until um, I think a lot of the theme from Forbidden Treasures started to come out, and I was like, "Oh, these are a lot of items, so this is probably some yeah. sort of like idol, you know?" Yeah, that was that was the idea. Um, I don't think a if you look at Witcher lore, like I know I know we as CDPR have kind of taken lore to to to, to different extremes and extents, but I feel like there I don't feel like there is a place for a golden necker living creature. So it was it was turned into a statue, and it kind of made made sense. And I mean, it's it's connected to the whole project, so no spoilers here. But yeah, it's it's not a living creature, and it wasn't supposed to be a living creature for sure. All right, there you go. That one's put to bed. Next All up, right. next up, the question from Trey, aka at the third Larry eighty five. Uh, yeah, the. We always get questions from him, which is awesome. And they're always good questions, too. So thank you, Trey. Always good questions, yeah. Uh, I would love to know your thoughts on scenarios from two slightly different angles. A, would you like to see more scenarios in the future? And B, do you think that's uh, that's something Gwen's team are considering in the near to mid future? Thanks for the great show every week, fellas. Thank you for watching and thank you for the questions, man. I never liked scenarios, ever. <laughs> I still don't like scenarios. Um, and I'll tell you why. I, uh, it's no secret, obviously, the first card game I ever played was Star Wars CCG. Star Wars CCG uh, was kind of the first card game that came out with quote-unquote scenarios. They were called objectives. Uh -huh. Objectives were released in the later stages of the game, um, like little past midway point of its existence. And what they were, so if, if I, let's, let me just kind of, set the scene for how Star Wars was. Star Wars started as everybody gets to start with one location. Locations are places where you can put your characters and they're what generate you your resource. Every, uh -huh. every And as you played the game and drew more cards, you'll draw more locations, which further flesh out the card game board and allow you to generate more resources. And, and it kind of develops more and more into, you know, that's kind of how it goes. As the game progressed, they eventually came out with something called an objective. An objective was a card that started on the board, and if certain criteria would met, the objective would flip over, and you'd get a uh -huh. myriad of different bonuses. Like, um, 
However, the difference was is that the objective itself had game text that said, this starts on the board. Also, out of your deck, play these three locations. So it basically supercharged your start to the point mm -hmm. where nobody played without objectives because it was important to have that, that head start on resource generation and thinning out your deck of all the locations that were detrimental to draw. Um, but it also created a situation where you actually had very sh sometimes strict deck building guides or restrictions associated to the objective where the objective would say you can no longer play aliens or you can no longer play rebels or you can't you can no longer play starships or whatever so suddenly there was this formulaic way of taking this objective and playing it quote unquote properly it's like this is uh -huh. the optimized way to play this to the point where it took out every other deck that didn't play objectives and made them completely awful because they were just so far behind everything else. And that's why when I saw... They did it in Hearthstone too with quests. Quests were the same thing. They started in your hand. You played them. You had to meet criteria. But eventually it's like, okay, here's a really good head start that I can get when I accomplish the goal, which for the most part people could accomplish in short order in one or two turns. The objective is flipped over, and now there's game text that says all of your characters are plus two, and all of this, and all of that, and all of this. So there was no reason not to play it, but at the same time, it just it, it created a situation where you have to play it, and you have to play it with these cards, and there's not much room for leeway. And everybody who's not doing this, you're, you're left in the dust. With Gwent, Ooh. scenarios came out, and it's like, okay, these have such a high ceiling in terms of what they could possibly do that when they first came out, it's like, why would you play anything other than this? Like, it's just... But yeah, when they came out, they were, like, overtuned, for sure. Certainly they were, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. But also, beyond that, it's like, okay, if I have to play this because it's so good, I also need to play Deathwish because it, that's what triggers Hunt, and if I'm playing Deathwish, there's only certain amounts that are better than others, and there's only one leader ability that really supports it, so what? So this is why I really disliked uh, scenarios, because it kind of in it, it, it honed down people's competitive sort of outlook to just scenarios being the best and then you had to build around those so i now it's different because the the scenarios themselves the provisions have been adjusted and they're not as amazing but i mean let's be real siege runs the show for certain for northern realms and you know but at a time that's why that's why i don't want new scenarios i don't want these these decks that are essentially built around one card and supporting one card. I just, I'm, I, I don't think it's good for the game. And if I would, I would take out all the scenarios as they exist right now. I, I would leave the ones that we have, but I also would not add any more. I feel like there is more than enough currently in the game. And I feel like adding more would just make it weird. Like we already see like um, Mushy Truffle, right? being copied multiple ways and trying to be kind of like a like a thing and i don't i don't i don't i'm, I'm not a big fan of that to be honest and uh, i feel like the number that we have right now is good like and and i think that's the that's mushy being the, the latest addition to the uh to the roster and i feel like at least one per faction is is okay but i would not do i would not do more i agree um, Zayad Tarek at Zayad Neo asks favorite deck that each of you keep coming back to and find fun patch after patch 
It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, with me recently, <clears throat> coming back to, to Gwent and then playing a little bit more than I used to, like always the go-to would be something something with elves, which is good at, at, a, at a given time. <laughs> so it's, it, throughout the years, it was always something different. Um, dwarves was also something that I like to play unless they were just bad, but I always kind of like playing a control type of version of Scoia'tael with a lot of removal. Maybe it can be Madoc, maybe it can be something different. Um, I just like I just like the the opportunity of being a more interactive uh, deck and you know having a more interactive, let's say, play game plan. Um, so that would be my that would be my answer. But you you know I'm kind of limited by by one faction, and that is something that um, that I like, and, and it's kind of you know it's a, it's a good thing and a bad thing. What I'm, about you? Uh, I'm gonna say I mean there's there's two answers here for me. One is just Nilfgaard assimilate. Uh, I think that it's just because every every game feels like it's played differently because you're playing off of your opponent so much. So mm -hmm. I enjoy it because it's a different game every time. It's very uh, it, it it keeps the brain going. It no longer feels like going through the motions. Um, I know a lot of people hate you know, Assimilate, I, then they hate Nilfgaard in general. I just find that Nilfgaard offers, to me, the most, uh, the most complete and interactive kind of uh, experience when it comes to Gwent. And so whenever there's a new patch, I'll usually eventually fall back on that list and modify it and change it because I just enjoy it, and that's perfectly fine. The other one, and this is going to surprise a hell of a lot of people, is um, uh, I It's iced, and whatever leader I forgot the name. Um, uh, the leader that allows you to chuck a unit at your opponent and discard it uh, out of your deck. Oh god, uh, the one that works with iced. Why is this? Why am I not uh, remembering it right now? Anyways, that Skellige list of like warriors and iced to me. Every single time new cards come out. It's typically the first one I'll go and 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 try when it comes to Skellige because I just enjoy it a lot. I like playing that list in general. I don't like Skellige a lot of what Skellige does, but I like that list. So I typically go back and and try that one out whenever new cards come out. Okay, nice, good, 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 good choices. I was surprised by the by the Skellige one to be honest. Yeah, well, Skellige is a. I mean, look, my my. I think That's I'm coming around. Glory. I'm coming around. It is Blaze of Glory. There you go. I think I'm. What I'm doing is I'm coming around on Skellige as a whole, but I still feel like Lippy is the is the biggest stain on uh, card gaming ever. Lippy is he what ruined uh, Skellige for you. Well, basically, Lippy is literally what bad players play to get to pro rank. Um, good players can play Lippy, but bad players can play Lippy too. So um, it's it's a crutch of a list is what it is it's like the most boring asinine thing ever and i will constantly go up to bat to have that that list just shredded to pieces if possible nice <laughs> all right next nice up. one yeah uh, next one by yellow um uh, on reddit um with cards like wanderers ring and torque in the game now having a positive reception has there been any reignited discussions in the back room about the design space of beta leaders? Beta leaders. This is, this is a, a fascinating one. I really like this question, so thank you for submitting it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the uniqueness of some of these cards that have come out, things like Wanderer's Ring and obviously Torque and whatever, it's opened up some some more design space because I think that a lot of these very odd interactive interactions or unique style cards may have not necessarily been everyone's flavor back then, but the fact that they've kind of been very slowly fed to the community and, and the reaction has been relatively positive for them and whatnot, I think has just sort of opened up the the developers and the people designing these cards to say, okay, we, we people are okay with some unorthodox stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. they're okay with some very outlandish type of interactions in cards. But when it comes to the leaders, I'm trying to think of what those beta leaders were that, you know, would, would have a space with what we're doing right now. And keep in mind, if new leaders are introduced, you need to introduce six. So it's not just about having two good ideas. You need six good ideas. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, if you look back at it, like, what could you bring back? Like, could you bring back the Francesca ability that had to get bounced because of how OP it was? Like, uh, what, what ability are you thinking? Remember, wasn't there an Unseen Elder ability that was, like, boost all units on your side of the board by two or something like that? Like, there hen- was. Back Hensel, in the day, yeah. Hensel, like, promote all your units on a row to gold. And there's a whole bunch of weird stuff. Yeah, I feel like I feel like with the current cards that just dropped for Forgotten Treasures, I think it shows kind of the ideas that we have for the game moving forward. And I feel like what you said sums it up perfectly. Like it opened up a lot of design space for the developers to do crazy things and maybe things that are, like you said, a little bit unorthodox. So I think it's it is kind of the trajectory in which we're trying to go while still maintaining this thing that we'll be going back to existing cards which are underperforming and giving giving them cool abilities that fall into these factions and reworking those as we go so i would say yes like um and and it is something that you know has is in the talks and i also feel like the designers themselves they're very happy that they have new possibilities within the game right now to do things which are a little bit more crazy a little bit more cool and uh, yeah, just play around with the card abilities that they're designing right now. This one's from Cruise Controller, High Flake, and Burza. That's us. That's us. Uh, exactly. Hello. <laughs> will we ever get a legendary plant card? I'm putting this in here because I know I I know what the answer is probably going to be. Uh, but, I don't know, dude. I have I have said if there was a gold plant card, imagine like a gold a gold Arcaspore. That's just like the fucking alpha, uh, you know, Al- Arcaspore, like the big dog. Alpha Arcaspore. You know, and jacked. And, yeah. And like it's called Larry and it's just the bigger one. I would love to see a gold card like the old Al- Arcaspore that functions like the old Arcaspore used to. And if it comes in, imagine it was like an eight point gold that comes in at like six strength and or five strength in an armor and bounces from row to row and deals one random damage at the start of your turn. Whatever damage is dealt to it gets healed back up. Is that is that crazy? Like you're taking an existing kind of thing. Like it's not a bad card. It's a monster card. It's a plant. It's a gold card called Larry. Six, you know, six strength nine. It bounces around. I don't know if we could call him Larry. That's not very lore accurate. Well, put it in the the flavor text. Does that make sense? You know, like why can't you call him Larry? Like it's a it's a freaking plant. Like you can make <laughs> things up. Come on, come on. I'd rather see yeah. this than Renfrey. Like, let's be real. Yeah, probably. I, I also like cards that are more quirky than, than you know, the ones that are portrayed after some of the most important 
um, key figures within um, the Witcher lore. But yeah, would be cool. I don't know to be honest if 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 they have a legendary plant card in the, in like in the works and thinking about it. Mm. Knowing our knowing our design team, probably not. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's flakes kind of thing for 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 you know having a Larry card. But if we ever do a Larry card, I will for sure pitch in the idea for him to to voice it, make plant noises. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um yeah all right uh, listen i all of my suggestions are, are filed under the paper shredder so it's all good every time i'm like how about this they're like yeah no problem right through the paper shredder i'm like, I'm like uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> i mean they're not all good but still um you know we can dream all right last one and last question this yeah, is let's this go. is a this is a this is a juicy one because there's a lot to to dig into here um so we'll read the question and then Pavel and I will, will tackle this one. The question is from Joseph uh, 66 Hole. There's a name. Um, hot button topic. How do community managers vet content creators? Why do companies wait until the issues boil over before doing anything? You can get the first crack at this, obviously, because you are the community manager. <laughs> um, pretty much when it comes to content creators versus how companies interact with them, uh, it looks in a way where normally the content creator comes to you via email or via any type of DM saying that they really like the game. Um, here is their channel. They have been creating content and they kind of want to see if, if, if we can cooperate in some way. Either it's paid or it's unpaid or we just have people who come in, start playing the game and they get recognized. Like not every um game has a partner program like we do in which you can apply for uh to become a Gwen partner and uh, that just gives you additional status and kind of is like a s staple saying that you know we have recognized you and we have seen your content and the stuff that you're doing is is awesome for Gwent and for his growth um so it's kind of just like a welcome to the welcome to the community and of course partner partners they get chosen for reveals and for stuff like that. Um, they're part of uh, a, a separate uh, Discord group in which they can interact with each other and talk. And um, yeah, I feel like we need to separate here a company, a company's communication, a company's um, kind of, I don't know, communication plans, marketing, you know, plans for the game and stuff like that. And release schedules and whatever we're doing to what content creators are doing. Of course, we're checking them to a certain extent, but it's not like I will, you know, we're not scanning these people and seeing what they're doing in their free time and stuff like that. Like we don't go that in depth. Like what we check is the content that, you know, they are creating. If there's nothing controversial there or anything that we would consider like a like a blocker in order for us to cooperate with them. And that is pretty much that. Like we don't go very, very in depth because I mean, if we had to check everybody and go through like, I don't know, the discourse that they're in, or you know, go around and ask people within the community what they think about them, you would get some, you know, objective and subjective answers um when it comes to a certain person. So I, I feel like what a company always will be doing is it will be, of course, having content creators that they cooperate with 
And if there is something, there's some bad blood or something is not working out or the content creator does something which is uh, considered, I don't know, any type of bad behavior or something like, you know, if, if we go back in time, we had, we had JJ Passack being part of our community. And remember that guy, he was like super toxic he was uh coming in and you know he was a piece uh, of garbage look he I'm... was disrespecting our our game director at that time and was throwing like terrible words at us and we we had to go to an extent where we actually banned that and i think banning is like something that companies try not to do unless someone is being like super toxic and is actually destroying the community that you have within the game but um I feel like also from any type of PR perspective or stuff like that, you try not to get into this internet back and forth with people saying like, you know, one person says something, the other person says something else and not trying to have like a public fight, but we always try to, you know, talk with creators on our own and try to, you know, resolve issues if there are any. Unless it's, like I said, unless it's something that is like a showstopper, then we say, okay, well, you know, we cannot cooperate you with you anymore and stuff like that. But that hardly ever happens, to be honest. Like, um, I, I, I don't think I've noticed many of these happen uh, throughout my six years working in CDPR. But also, I have been mainly focused on the community side, so community management. While we as a company, like we have a whole separate team that is responsible for uh, contacting uh, and keeping in touch with content creators and working with them and kind of, you know, um, doing also some cool special stunts with them, promotional th stuff. But also uh, when it comes to the partners program, it's something that me and Ryan pretty much uh, see over. And here is very simple, like which type of content that you have um and what you're creating and based off of that you get the you get the status and you need to have I, I think you also need to have like um a certain amount of people watching you and stuff like that so if you just made one video and you're starting out or you made one stream like you're, you're not going to get partnered easily so yeah these are the things that we kind of look into but of course like we always keep an ear uh, close to the ground and kind of see what the what the community is talking about because if someone comes to us with any types of allegations against someone, we will look into these things and we will treat them seriously. And we won't be saying like, ah, oh, you know, oh, it's just that guy or girl, she might be doing whatever, or he might be doing whatever. Like we, we, we listen and we always try to uh, check these things out. So, but I feel when it comes to like, you know, checking and vetting them in the beginning, like we do a, we, we kind of do like a small check on them, but it's not like a full background check to see what this person does in their personal life or what they do when they're not creating content and stuff like that, which of course can, you know, lead to problems. But I don't feel like we had many of those um, when it comes to Gwent and, and its past and its present and future. Future, we don't know. Maybe we will. Like, we don't know. I, I, I understand where this you know, this question spawned from or what inspired this question. Obviously, there's a there's somebody out there who recently has just been exposed as being this absolute scumbag that I knew he was many years ago. Um, look, I understand that the sensitivity of this topic, especially for you, Pablo, is that you're, you know, it's hard for you to sort of say maybe what you want to say or say everything that you could say potentially regarding because of, you know, you're a CDPR employee and it's it, you have to represent. I'm not a CDPR employee. But I'm not going to take this time to sort of talk about too many details about that. 
what I'm what I do want to say is that I understand what you're where you're coming from with this. That it's not it, you're not applying for a passport. You know, it, it it's it's you're applying for a partnership program. So the vetting process can only be what is on the surface available, right? Like as you mentioned, it's it's really difficult. You can't go digging into somebody's private and personal life and their uh, to to vet somebody as being a, a decent human being or not. Um, it's just not it's not feasible. And the resources are not there, nor is the the right for you to do that there, I don't believe. It's like, if I were to apply for the Gwent Partnership Program, and you said, okay, we're going to need your your text history, your DM history, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, take a hike. I'd be like, no, get we, lost. We, we would not be able even to check that from you. Like, we would be legally not correct able to ask you for that. Exactly. This, it's You're not yeah. applying for a firearm here where you need to do a background check or criminal history or whatever. And even then, there was no previous criminal history for the scumbag that we're, we're you know, offhand mentioning or referring to here. And for the record, ever since I dealt with this person at Wild Hunt 1 or 2, I forgot which one it was, back in, in Philadelphia in 2017, I was very vocal about anybody who asked me about what I thought about this person, why I would never want to be involved with this person. It was that this person was a manipulative, absolute a-hole, selfish, narcissist scumbag. I've never shied away from saying that. I didn't go on out and shout it from the hilltops, but there's the, there was this following mentality, this 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 really cringe-esque really sh scary kind of cult mentality of of streamer worship that i think is the worst effing thing and that really turns me off from streaming I have to in general. agree with you look uh, i i i've i've said this i've tweeted about it and whatever i and it it we even talked about it i think a couple episodes ago or whatnot but in reality, this whole thing of people deifying and worshiping streamers, that they can do no wrong, that they're great people, you don't know them at all. You don't know me. You don't know Pavel. I'm not saying that we're bad people either, but I'm just saying that you do not know a damn thing about us. Uh, I try to be as transparent, and my personality reflects pretty accurately here. And But you know what? If you want to know who I am and how I am, ask people who are friends of mine, and they'll tell you. But if you had asked me or whatever about what I think about that certain someone, I would have told you five years ago that this person was bad news and a piece of garbage. And frankly, the that that opinion is echoed by a lot of people who deal with him. And I feel so bad for all the people who follow him and blindly think that this person was like some god because they're good at a fucking card game. But you know what? In reality, look at the damage and destruction and manipulation and taking advantage of people that this person did. And I said this so long ago, and I told people that this person was a absolute manipulative scumbag, and here we are, and it is the, it's absolutely terrible, it's abhorrent that this is how people find out, that somebody had to suffer so fucking bad they could not take it anymore, that this is what happens, that those little seeds that were planted so long ago, you know, that this this massive following of, oh, he's got so many viewers, and he's good at card games, and he makes cool decks, he's got to be a good person. No, stop it absolutely freaking stop it right now if you're listening to this and you think that like all the streamers are amazing people all of them whatever like just erase that from your mind you do not know these people stop worshiping streamers stop it it's it's embarrassing it's actually embarrassing you could like them you can enjoy their content but this blind following of these people and thinking that they're just all godly and saintly and and you have to give them money and you have to support them and you have to you know you have to stand at their defense you don't know a damn thing and this is a tragic situation where people finally figure out that that eventually 
that house of cards falls down and all of of this stuff is is coming out in the open and i am absolutely terrified about how many other people are currently going through this this kind of shit that people don't know about it's scary and it's sad and this is one of the reasons why i no longer enjoy streaming regularly because i don't want to add or be a part of that culture it's that's it podcasting is a different story i love doing this i love hanging out with you i'm sorry i'm going on this like emotional tirade here. no 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 i i i, I sorry I'll, I'll cut i'll cut in because I, I i agree with you i i do not understand and i never understood why we as humans try to um take people to a pedestal where we are trying to worship them based off of the content that they're creating and putting out online because they feel like because of this they know the person like they know what type of person they are how they treat uh, their close ones their family members what kind of uh, person they are in real life and it's totally not like you can have people, you know, creating content, smiling in front of a camera and then going offline and being, I don't know, sad, miserable, depressed, I don't know, doing bad things, doing good things. But you don't know them in that, you know, like if you wanted to know, get to know that person, like you would sit, you know, sit down with them and actually talk to them and get to know them. And I've never understood this. And I've always, I myself felt weird when um i would go to i don't know a gaming convention and people know me knew me from gwent and they like wanted autographs or take photos with me i'm like you know i'm just a normal guy and i've always tried to say like i'm just a normal person like there were these awkward situations when i was riding in the subway and like some you know kids would come up to me like oh my god it's you and you're so incredible and stuff like that i'm like yeah like you like gwent and stuff <laughs> well, like that we'll talk to them yeah. but yeah but you know i i, I do not need this like validation i do not need this um being treated like anyone else because i consider myself just a normal human being like right like you and me and i feel like whenever i'm streaming i'm not streaming for people to come and follow me and say oh my god you're so amazing you're so great and stuff like that it's just more i i, I treat streaming and content creation more in the terms of like people say like i enjoy this or uh, they can ask me questions about the game itself and I can provide answers or we can talk about their day. We can talk about any type of subject subject that is like going on right now. And it's like a back and forth inter interaction. If you're a social person, you like this. And I don't feel like whoever's coming to, to my stream should, you know, treat me as I am any different than they are because we are just here together because we're drawn together because of a, of a of a card game that i get to work on so i'm kind of you know privileged in this way but still we're not very much any different and i don't need to be taken into like a, a higher ground or put on a pedestal yeah and and you know be being worshipped and stuff like that because i like from from what i've learned being 35 years 35 years old is like your heroes that you have like it makes sense when you're young um and when you get older you're kind of seeing that maybe these people that you treated as heroes they had some influence on you and kind of on your development but you should be giving now more credit to yourself for being the person you are and you know putting 
on the forefront the the important things in life which is like you know treating others better or you know working on some of the things that you're are are not your strong points and and trying to you know create your own um image to a way where you're happy with it but not through the sense of i want to be like him or i want to be like her like you don't have to do that like just be yourself but you know try to be always you know working on yourself and stuff like that so that is that is something that i think makes sense but yeah i agree with you like worshiping content creators or streamers or whatever it's unhealthy it just doesn't make sense it's doesn't unhealthy make sense. it's absolutely unhealthy it's unhealthy Look, yeah like i i completely understand like it's it's happened to me and it obviously just like you mentioned it happened to you like i was when i was casting like a flesh and blood event like i've had people come up to me and say that they like my content and whatever and they they wanted a picture and they wanted me to like sign a play matter which is like ridiculous to me like it but again <laughs> but i understand like that to me i get it it's odd for me because i'm just anybody like it it is what it is i go to the grocery store like whatever and you know like i like i i don't see myself as anything special uh other people who like my content they see somebody they see me because they like my content and they want to talk to me and i'm i have all the time in the in the world for you absolutely stop me i will chat with you i will give you you know i'll give you five solid I'm... minutes all the time like I, I appreciate that you appreciate me that the there's a but there's a difference between that and automatically assuming that that person could do no wrong that as soon as something occurs that like imagine something occurred with me i would never want people to automatically assume that i'm in the right based on the fact that i make content that you like you don't freaking know i'm not saying that i'm doing anything wrong but in the same vein there's a streamer worship that if if something happens automatically siding with that streamer automatically don't care what's going on they can't be wrong i love them to death everyone else and then furthermore is getting the people who are who who blindly and awfully follow these streamers and worship them go and attack the people who are who have things to say about this streamer it is the worst it is the absolute worst it is the most disgusting cringe-worthy thing about uh about this this whole internet gaming culture yeah i feel like the the problem also here is that most of these um back and forth are being done on social media and online which is even worse and uh people are either you know standing with one side or defending the other side while i feel like some people and uh, as like because you know you, you and me we have this approach that like we treat ourselves as as normal normal human beings but some people once they get a little bit of popularity just a little bit more interest than they would normally get, it goes straight to their head, right? And 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 from that point on, they start building this cult following around them while saying like, I'm amazing, I'm great. Um, and they're fed by this, um, you know, by this, by these people who are gathering around them. And they're, you know, they're actually telling them that, yes, yes, more, tell me how awesome I am. And they feel like since, you know, they are being, you know, they're getting like validity from the person that they're following by, because that person is saying like, you're right, I am awesome and stuff like that. And they're kind of creating this aura around them and this following, which is just unhealthy, right? And it's, it's unhealthy. And then you have, you know, these people kind of going down and, and trying to protect the person, even if that person does something like terrible or wrong. Yeah. and 
and behaved numerous times in a in a in a bad way where you know these people should kind of you know think twice before they 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 start typing or before they open their mouth so, and oh boy yeah oh boy i'm telling you some of the people out there that aren't outed there are some there's some shady shit that that occurs plus I, I believe that whenever you're you know whenever you're um posting anything online um and your username is something something one two three four whatever and you don't put your name last name and stuff like that is like how can i trust you there should be i i still am a firm believer that there should be like uh, twitter passports and stuff like that that yeah. you know you need to actually show an id <laughs> yeah uh, that accountability you know, accountability yes, credibility because you can you can say whatever you want online and you can you can create like you can even create um you know these these not even bots but people who will go and they will go and try to destroy an account by po by posting terrible stuff and, and stuff like that and this is and and you know and these people they remain anonymous and it's it's freaking terrible mm -hmm. but yeah like i think the thing to take away from here is yes we check but we don't do like a full background check and the other thing is please remember do not worship content creators and do not think that they cannot do no wrong yeah. because we're all humans and by you know by design how we are we make a shit ton of mistakes and we fail and we either learn from this and we either become better or we become worse and yeah and i mean we're 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 from the beginning you know we're 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 bound to kind of you know make mistakes and and and, and fail and some things but yep. If your whole personality life. is a streamer and their emotes that they have on Twitch, then you you need to reevaluate. Um, but yeah, all right. So thank you for for again the question and whatever. And based on recent events, I think it was relevant. And Pavel and I don't shy away from sensitive topics. I think you've known that by now, based on several episodes. Um, if we avoid a question, it's because your question has either been answered before or it's about balance and we don't and care. And premium tokens. And premium tokens. <laughs> and we don't care. So we're not going to answer those. Uh, but yeah, we don't shy away from the nitty gritty stuff, as you can see. But that's another episode, Mr. Pavel Berger. And I'm... I'm Here we go. Episode uh, 12. Uh, how do you say... Hold on a second. How do you say Happy Easter? Is it Vistovish Fjont or something like that? Vistovish Fjont. Sweet. Yes. I got it. So I'm going to be... Nice. I'm going to be visiting uh, my mother and my dad and also my nonna's birthday. I think she's turning 93 Aww. or 94. And she knit me a scarf. So I'm going to go pick up my scarf. What? Yeah, baby. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I'm putting you on the spot right here. I wanted to FaceTime you with my mom because I think my mom wants just wants to say hi to you. Because she's like, dude, who is that nice Polish boy? I'm like, that nice Polish boy is a 35-year-old married man. But okay. Uh, yes. So I will I will uh, connect us when I'm uh, visiting. Let's my do it. All right, uh, I'm on it. And most importantly, 983shop.com. Get that merch. Use the code Flurza five for five bucks off, and you can get a Dagon Rumor Reporter Premium Tee available in all sizes from S to triple XL. If you're a big boy or a big girl, <laughs> get it colors there's also colors there's also colors i don't I'm, I'm not good in, i'm not good with colors so i won't go through them but there's a blue there's a there's a, like a light blue there's a darker blue i think that's purple i don't know but i'm, <laughs> I'm actually colorblind that's that's oh. that's one topic that we can once get into and there's black which is which is a color i see very well um 
yeah, but I only have problems with some some shades of colors. But yeah, and then you have in blue and in black, you have the classic pullover hoodie, which is amazing and looks super snug for those, you know, you know, it's it's springtime, you know, the weather can be fickle, so it's perfect. And then you have an, a must-have, which is the black mug for the Dagon Rumor Reporter, because all of us, all of us can be Dagon Rumor Reporters. Uh, I really like this one. And uh, of course, there's also this beautiful, nice Gwenfinity G with the crown um, on the mug. Highly recommend. So yeah, get them, get them, because they're awesome. Get them. All right, Mr. Pavel Berger, I'm going to end the stream as I do every other podcast, which is, I love you, man. I love you too, bro, man. This is amazing. I I I live for these Wednesdays when we can record this podcast. Uh, it's it's bro time Wednesdays. I love it. All right. Exactly. Uh, friends, you're hearing this probably on the Friday, but we are existing in the past and having a good time on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to the Flurza experience. Don't forget, Pavel, you're not what? You're not losing when uh, you're not. Well, you're not. Oh, I always, I always mix it up. Next week, you'll get. I'm it always week. bad with these. You'll, you're not losing. You're not losing if, if you're, you're learning. learning. <laughs> See you next week on the Flurs Experience. Bye. Bye. <laughs>